Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, hey, good morning. It's a beautiful day. We continue on our Liturgy of the Ordinary, and uh, I think you will enjoy it. I know you will enjoy it, because I have. Yes, I'm Gary Brooks, and this is um, uh, Maria Penrod. We're pastors here at Aldersgate, and we have a lot of fun. If you're here for the first time, may you have a heartwarming experience with Jesus Christ. There are some announcements we'd like to make, and then we will get up and greet one another in Christian love. I'd like to introduce, uh, I'm wanting to put reverend in front of that, but he's reverend, if not reverend. Uh, Jeff uh, Nelson, who is uh, marketing and communications coordinator for uh, Youthville, Ember Hope, and he's going to lead us in our stewardship moment, and uh, we'll have that in just a little bit, and introduce what's going on, and I have the rest of the announcements on my phone. Oh, and it's about the Lunch and Learn, which is going to take place uh, this at noon today, and you'll want to be here about that. If you would like to sign up for VBS to help volunteer or bring something or uh, donate, you're invited to do that. There's a display just down the hallway, and you can do that there, or you can go to aldersgatechurch.org and look under VBS, and there's ways to volunteer and register. We also have on uh, July the 17th, 40 uh, youth and adults that are going to Austin, Texas for a mission trip, and there's a display just outside the sanctuary, and uh, we're wanting to invite you to take a name of one of the participants and write a note of encouragement and bring it back for Pastor Maria to uh, extend to those uh, participants on the mission trip. So if you'd like to take one, just take a name and write a card of encouragement and bring it back. And then uh, we have some famous uh, young people in our church here. There was a quilt show at uh, Century 2 uh, on Friday and Saturday, and um, I got to uh, uh, see them during the Sunday school hour, but uh, Everett Moran and Camden Sippel had uh, quilts that they fashioned, uh, and um, Camden got first place in the youth division, and Everett got second place. How good is that? Yeah. How good is that? All right, we're glad you're here. Um, next week, uh, we will have Alana Maris will be back with us again. She's had her eyes worked on, cataracts removed, and now she can see clearly. She'll be back on the organ. So uh, we're glad for that. And I want to say a special thank you to Rob Marin who has faithfully, during this interim, uh, been at all three services. This guy is so holy, having <laughs> punched his card all three services. We want to say thank you for your work with us. And I see one of our former pastors is here, Reverend Phil and his wife Kathy Fisher, are here with their family. Yay! We welcome you back. In fact, I was just talking to someone yesterday who was one of the first ones in the sanctuary when y'all sang that festal procession and moved into this room uh, back in whenever that was. Yeah, so it was, was a good day. It was a good day. Well, we're glad that you're here. Uh, we're accustomed to make noise. 
So I want to invite you to do that as we stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. Ask their name and tell them yours if you don't know somebody. Let's do it. Please join me in the call to worship. God who wandered off into the wilderness when everything became too much. Help us to listen to the needs, of bodies, of our souls, of our dreams, of the communities we belong to. Give us courage to rest and the will to care for our whole selves. Let us sing together our hymn of praise, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, verses 1 and 3. 
Please join me in praying the invocation. God of Sabbath, you did not create us in the image of machines, in the image of production, in the image of never stop. You created us in the image of freedom, of beauty, of love, of compassion, of potential for deep and intimate relationships. May we question all that would have us trade in the potential of our becoming for the ability to make more, sell more, buy more, or be more. May we commit to boundaries, to breaks, to disrupting patterns of productivity at all costs. May we embrace what you have told us before we were born, you delighted in us. Our value, our duties, our worth cannot be subtracted by doing less or added to by achieving more. Give us the courage to believe it and the will to practice it. Amen. You may be seated. We are pleased to have a special event here at noon. Uh, for you and um, to tell us a little bit about that is Jeff Nelson. Jeff is uh, the marketing uh, coordinator for uh, Youthville, Ember Hope, and he offices here in our office complex. We're glad to have you as a part of our staff team. And so, uh, Jeff, we welcome you and hear you gladly as you share with us about a very important work. You might notice uh, Pastor Gary looks a little weary. He had to teach the junior high uh, Bible school at 9.30. And so, <laughs> I, I envision, I remember when you're in the school and uh, the principal would come visit your, to observe your classroom. It's probably like that. They were <laughs> on well behavior. So, uh, Nicole, when I ask, how long do I have to, do I have to, to speak, uh, I said five to ten minutes. She goes, three minutes. And I go, you know, I'm bohemian. Not only do we talk loud, but we talk at length, too. But uh, she's not on the soundboard because she's threatened to bring the mic down when the three minutes was up for me. Uh, who's enjoying this break from the hot weather? Amen feels good. I was just outside and it feels wonderful. And we got some welcome rain, uh, which is a good thing, but that means uh, my grass is going to start growing again uh, here in 
May, first part of June, we had all those rains, and I was having to uh, uh, trouble keeping up with it. And so I hired a neighbor kid to do some of the mowing, but I, I had to fire him on Friday. He just wasn't cutting it. <laughs> That's a dad joke. That's a dad joke. Third time I've told that joke this morning, so feel free to use it now yourself. Well, you know, it's uh, what's happening at Edmure Hope Youthville. Well, in the last year, we served, uh, supported 200 foster families uh, from Liberal all the way to Kansas City. Most of our foster families are here in the Wichita area. Uh, with that, we uh, serve 720 kiddos as they come and go uh, through the foster system. He's still laughing at my joke. <laughs> he loved it. Uh, and then we also have a campus in Newton where uh, we serve up to 48 girls at all times. And so uh, Pastor Maria will be talking uh, soon about the... Uh, importance of sleep, and she has a, a verse in Matthew that she, she utilizes. But the title in the Bible, or most Bibles, is the calming of the storm. It's the parable where Jesus, big storm come up and he calmed the storm. And how I equate that is to you, Altersgate United Methodist Church, because you have never said no to Ember Hope Youthville. You come through, always, back to school, Christmas connection with the ornaments. And what that provides is some calm in the storm of the youth. We had a girl reach out to our CEO, Nikaila, uh, here in May. And she said, uh, hey, I was on your campus uh, a number of years ago. I now have family, I live in Nebraska, but I want to come back and share my story with the girls. And she went on to say to Nikaila, she said, I remember when I showed up at Ember Hope Youthville. It was Christmas time and there were presents. And I felt such joy in my heart that I felt like I finally had some calm in the storm. So we thank you for doing what you do. We will have a lunch and learn immediately after this, so there's no excuse not to go to the fellowship hall, right? It, not only is it a taco bar, but it's a nacho taco bar. Huh? Who doesn't like nachos, huh? So we invite you to come uh, learn. We've got uh, Ember Hope Youthville, of course. We've got uh, uh, the Kansas Foundation uh, here. A Methodist Foundation, and then we have your team of endowment uh, that will be at that at that lunch and learn after this. But bottom line, thank you for all you do. Thank you for always welcoming me and welcoming our kiddos. Have a great day. Thank you, Jeff. It is a privilege to be able to support United Methodist Youthville, Ember Hope, in such a powerful way, and we will continue to do so as good United Methodist faithful disciples of Jesus. This time, we'll invite the ushers to come forward for our morning offering.
seated. It's our time for young disciples, so if you're a young disciple, you can come on down. Hello. Have some high school young disciples here. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so my question today, we are going to create our perfect day. So your perfect day, how does it start? Avery. Sleeping in. What else? What else are we doing? Jackson. Winning the lottery. Okay. <laughs> Will you be sharing with anyone? No. <laughs> what about your sister? No. 
What about your youth pastor? Oh, ouch, okay. <laughs> what else? After we win the lottery, what are we doing? Chemistry? Oh my gosh. Should we vote on that one? Should we add? Okay, who wants to do chemistry on their perfect day? Who doesn't want to do chemistry on their perfect day? Okay, it's not going on the list. Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> what else? What else should we add? Jackson. It's your birthday? Okay. Your birthday or everyone's birthday? Okay. Other ideas. Vacation? Okay. Surprise trip. Where are we going? Canada? Anywhere but Kansas? Okay. I'll say Canada slash not Kansas. Okay. Cool, cool. Other things we would like on our perfect day. Cheesecake Factory? Okay. For food or just for cake? Both? Okay. Uh, I don't think I have any. What about you, Jackson? Oh, it's Christmas Eve service? Oh, that's so nice. Okay. <laughs> this is a busy day, but I like it. <laughs> Go to bed? Okay. You guys are actually pretty smart. You uh, cracked the code on the perfect day. Um, <laughs> I wanted to include sleep in the perfect day. Why would I want to include sleep? Because it's good for you? Other thoughts? Well, did you know that God wants you to sleep? Jackson knew that? Yeah. <laughs> so God wants us to sleep. Sleep and rest are a divine gift and that God gave to us to allow us to recharge to heal our bodies, and so that we can love our neighbors to the best of our abilities. Because you don't want to be cranky when you're trying to love your neighbor, right? For sure, for sure. Okay. Thank you, guys. Would you pray with me? Okay, repeat after me. Gracious and loving God, thank you for sleep. Please guide us and give us the courage to rest. Remind us that you are in control. We can lay down our burdens because you've got this. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.
please stand for the gospel lesson. Today's gospel lesson comes from Matthew 8, verses 23 to 27. As Jesus went on from there, excuse me, let's try this again. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. A windstorm arose on the sea, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep, and they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a dead calm. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? Thank you, Gage. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Please uh, go with me to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. When I was in middle school, I think I was in sixth grade, um, I traveled to Norway with my grandma, my aunt and uncle, and my cousin Emmett, who was two. Um, Norway is in Northern Europe. It's along the Arctic Circle. It's a small mountainous country. Um, if you watch the Olympics, a lot of like the great skiers are from Norway, which makes sense if you've been there. Um, we went in the summer around this time of year, right around the summer solstice. And like all places close to the North Pole, uh, Norway experiences the midnight sun. The midnight sun is this phenomenon where the sun never sets. It's always out, it's always shining. And this is very bizarre and disorienting for us Kansans who are pretty reliably, the sun rises and sets every day. And uh, it was bizarre and just a strange time to wake up at three in the morning and the sun is streaming in your windows. And this particular scientific phenomenon was really hard to explain to my little cousin Emmett, who was two. And it made getting him to go to sleep an already challenging task even harder. Emmett and I shared a room on this trip. It was important to me to get Emmett to fall asleep and stay asleep so that I could fall asleep. We made up a game to get to sleep. We called it the sleeping game. First, we would brush our teeth, then we'd put on our pajamas, and then we would race down the hall to our room. 
Whoever fell asleep the fastest, they won the game. How to fall asleep is something we have to learn. It is a skill that we practice. Parents choose what sleep method they will use on their infant. They ask themselves, how will we teach our baby to sleep? They create a routine. Maybe it involves a bath or reading a story to signal to the baby's brain that it's time to go to sleep. I don't know about you, but at some point on my journey into adulthood, uh, sleeping became more difficult. There was always one more assignment to complete, one more plate to wash, one more TikTok rabbit hole for me to fall down before I could go to bed. Then, once I laid down and closed my eyes, wrapped myself in a burrito, my brain decided, at that moment, it was time to replay every embarrassing moment, every mistake, every regret I've ever had. Some of you are nodding like you know this. Jesus clearly doesn't have this issue, at least not that scripture tells us. In our story today, the Son of God is taking a nap when a storm comes. I can just imagine it now. The warm sun, the gentle rocking of the boat, the chatter of his friends, lulling him to sleep. And as Jesus drifts into dreamland, the storm begins. The boat's gentle rocking turns into a violent thrashing. The warm sun has vanished, replaced by booming thunder. And his friends are no longer leisurely chatting and playfully teasing each other. When the disciples wake him up, the Son of God scolds them. He says, you of little faith, couldn't you have handled this yourself? Why did you wake me up? In this story and others, over and over again, Jesus shows us that rest and sleep are important. He takes naps. He goes off alone to gather his thoughts and to pray. Jesus lives out the practice of Sabbath. Just as God rested after creating the universe, we are called to rest as well. Part of this rest is through sleep. Sleep is a practice. It's a practice of surrender. We are completely vulnerable for eight hours, a third of our lives. For the, excuse me. <laughs> for the time we are asleep, we are trusting that everything will be okay when we wake up. We lay down our bodies and put our minds at ease 
trusting the world to turn without us. Perhaps this is why sleep can be elusive to control freaks like me. For however long I am asleep, I am not in control. In this way, sleep is a practice of surrender. To fall asleep, I am surrendering control to God alone. But instead of surrendering control by going to sleep, far too often, we, myself included, we surrender sleep itself. We say we are too busy. But if I am asleep, who will bring home the bacon and then who will fry it? How will I check everything off the list that society has added to it? I can't have a gorgeous home, raise 2.5 kids, have a thriving career, a perfectly curated Instagram, and train for a marathon if I'm sleeping for a third of my life. In our fast-paced, consumerist American culture, we are taught that our worth comes from how productive we are. We are taught that our value as people is tied to our accomplishments and our busyness. So we sacrifice sleep. We sacrifice wholeness. We sacrifice the abundant life that God created for us. We lay these things at the altar of productivity in an attempt to reach the impossible standards of wealth and work that society has commanded us to strive toward. This is what our culture tells us to do. This is how our culture tells us to live. But our faith, with Jesus at its center, tells a different story. God tells us that our worth does not come from busyness, productivity, accomplishments, or accolades. Our worth comes from the fact that we are God's children, made in God's own image. When we reject our culture's lie that our value comes from productivity, when we refuse to idolize busyness, when we stop running ourselves ragged, we receive the gift of rest. We receive the gift of sleep. We receive the gift of abundant life. When we pause, take a breath, and take a break, we find assurance in God's truth that we that our value comes from being God's children. Even in troubled times, on a boat on rough waters, God is the good shepherd. We can rest, we can sleep. God will sustain us. God will restore our souls. 
God will let us lie down in green pastures. God whispers, you have everything you need. Rest. What does rest look like for you? What restores your soul? I invite you to explore those questions this week. Maybe rest means doing less. Maybe rest is as simple as taking a nap. Maybe rest is making time to daydream, to watch the sunset, to take a bath, or to sleep late. Maybe rest is turning off your notifications or putting away your phone for a few hours. I invite you to find moments to relax, even if it means leaving something on your list undone or ripping out a page in your planner. Let God restore your soul. And as you try out your new restorative practice, you may feel a tinge of guilt for resting or for not producing anything. Let this feeling come and then let it pass. Guilt and shame for resting are not from God. They are from a toxic culture that tells us being busy and productive is more important than rest. Like Jesus reassured his disciples in our scripture today, God will give us everything we need to survive. We can rest. God will let us lay down in green pastures. We can sleep. God made us to have life and to have it abundantly. May it be so. Amen. If you please join me in singing More Precious Than Silver. come now to a time of, of prayer, and I invite you to uh, uh, be in that spirit of prayer. Um, 
Given the conflict of the last week, uh, there's a lot of unrest in our country right now with the Supreme Court's decision. And um, maybe you're feeling a little bit uh, ill at ease as well. I would encourage you to take uh, Pastor Maria's advice, and that is to take a deep breath and rest a moment. There's a lot of reactivity out there right now. I thought it might be helpful for just a moment to share the United Methodist stance on abortion so that you would have the official statement of our denomination as we have had it through the years and uh, that you can reflect on that. This comes from the Social Principles and the Social Principles is a document that is contained within the Book of Discipline and uh, it's under the section of the nurturing community. And it says, our belief in the sanctity of unborn human life makes us reluctant to approve abortion. But we are equally bound to respect the sacredness of the life and well-being of the mother of the unborn child. And you can read the whole statement that is contained there but these statements and, and others in our social principles places the United Methodist Church um, on the spectrum of a life-based ethics rather than a choice-based ethics. Now let me say just a little bit more about that. Life-based ethics place life at the center of, of any guidance that uh, we work on regarding situations where there may be conflicts. And here we recognize that there are conflicts of life with life. And there are no easy answers. And uh, so to uh, base it on life-based ethics, we would advocate for discerning prayerfully with wise counsel and guidance what is it that will bring the best quality of life to the most people most of the time. To honor life and to preserve it in such situations, which means that the decision isn't just one way or another, it may be a, a part of a complex series of decisions that have to say with context, with family situation, with life situation, uh, many issues that are not easily addressed in, in a black and white statement that uh, just declares which way you or I should believe. In all situations, we encourage wise counsel with medical professionals, with pastoral care and counseling services, that as we struggle with these issues of life with life, that we may make the best decision, that sometimes we may make uh, the least um, difficult decision. Anyway, it's not easy. So I want to invite you to a time of prayer and discernment that as we find our way forward, we may be witnesses to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which covers us all as United Methodists. And if you're a United Methodist disciple that is on one side of the issue, 
or if you're a United Methodist disciple on the other side of the issue, or if you are a United Methodist disciple wrestling with the complexity of the situations, may you know that we have a place together arm in arm to serve our Lord and to make our best way in the midst of life's difficult choices. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you walk with us as we climb to the heights of the highest mountains and savor the glory that you have created. And when we walk through the deepest and darkest of shadows of the rocks and the hard places of life where no decision is going to be ultimately the best. Lord, in the complexities of life, walk with us. Talk with us. Tell us that we are your own and that we are safe in your arms in the midst of these challenges. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to be the best disciple that we can be, the best version of ourselves for you, O oh God. Lead us and guide us. And may we have the rest that we need along the way so that refreshed and armed with health, we can make the most of the life that we are given. We pray that you'd be with those who are hurting this day, that you would be with Patty McCullough, Stacy Shelton, Karen Kennedy, Emmett Miller, Al Enderud, Vivian Sackoff, Lori Lowry, Connie Martin, Matthew Marin, Kenna Morrison, and young Aaron McMillan. Lord, touch these and others that we name in our hearts before you who need your abiding care and healing presence. We do pray for those who are adversely affected by the Supreme Court rulings of this past week. And we do pray for wisdom and clarity as we inch our way forward with the challenges of our modern lives. May the kindness and the compassion that you advocated for take precedence in how we treat one another, that we may offer the same grace to one another as we offer to our families and as you have offered to us. Guide us in the way everlasting and may your peace be our gift. For the road ahead as we approach the 4th of July, May we celebrate an independence as imperfect as it is. We pray for safe celebrations as families get together, have cookouts, and talk about what brings us life through our relationships. Thank you for life, and thank you for the hope that you have given in the midst. Guide us now as we continue our journey, as we pray together the prayer that you taught us, the 
prayer of Jesus, which says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If any would like to talk or counsel with the pastors, Pastor Maria and myself will be available following the service. Pastor Daniel will be back next Sunday. And uh, may God guide us through these times. Amen. If you would, please stand for our closing hymn as we respond to go forth and serve in this ministry. Uh, let us sing forth in thy name, O Lord, verses 1 and 2. Hear now this benediction. May you go forth and find rest and find sleep for yourself and for others also. Go in peace. <laughs>